Good evening. You are listening to a Rattledge and Broadcasting Premier Podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host, who, like the ever-ready bunny, keeps on going and going and going, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And tonight, our favorite shows are Beyond Wrestling, Fet Forever, and Ring of Honor, Final Battle 2021. Oh, Ring of Honor, we hardly knew ye. Joining me tonight is Harry Broadhurst, the king of the independent wrestling scene. How do you do, sir? King of the independents. I feel like there used to be a tournament called that back in the early 2000s out in California. I've decided you are the third. You are the tambourine player in the kings of wrestling. You're like right there between Claudio and uh, what's his nuts? Hero? Yes. Am I the... Slightly downgraded version of Larry Sweeney. Is that what we're going to go with? 12 large, brother. Yes, that uh, I like tambourine player, but, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever gets this get get gets this gimmick off the ground. Well, I figure with uh, with us discussing Ring of Honor, Sweeney made the most sense since he managed the Kings of Wrestling in ROH. I believe you. All right. So give me like 50 words or less on Beyond Wrestling because you pitched it. We're going to do two of these indie shows per month or super indie shows. And um, I knew I wanted to do Ring of Honor Final Battle because this was the their kind of goodbye show for the time being. And we will get to all of that momentarily. But uh, I said, okay, so what's the second show you wanted to do? And you were like, hey, we should do Beyond Wrestling Fet Forever. Uh, you didn't even tell me about Ruby Soho going to be there, which would have which would have easily been my reason for wanting to cover it. But um, what was your reason? I, knew, I think you had said something like you wanted to get a beyond wrestling show into this thing that we're doing um but what else well, I'm what, just a really, what's the deal i'm just a really big fan of being in general so i think that that's part of what it is um beyond wrestling is a company that's been around it's originally promoted as four wrestlers by wrestlers mm-hmm. where the crowd was nothing but the wrestlers in attendance really now, obviously that that format has since changed it is owned by denver colorado the person not the place uh, real name, real name, Drew Cordero. He's also was the guy behind uh, Women's Superstars Uncensored WSU, mm-hmm. and now has Women's Wrestling Revolution as well WWR. All right, very cool. Um, one of the cool things about Beyond Wrestling is it's one of those promotions where a lot of people have gotten their big breakout moments, their big starts, their big uh, okay, this might be somebody to watch situations. Uh, one of the premier names that springs to my mind for that is Keith Lee. Who okay. made a huge impact in a, a Beyond Wrestling match against, uh, at the time, Donovan Dijak, now known to wrestling fans as Dominic Dijakovic or Tvar, if you watch SmackDown. I, believe, I was going to say, I believe he's known to wrestling is no longer on this program. Well, yeah. <laughs> Catering. <laughs> yes. Stuck in. Um, I, that's interesting because I thought Keith Lee had made his bones in pro wrestling gorilla. And I think. To one degree or another, I'm true, but I'm, what you're saying is that before Pro Wrestling Gorilla, he was in Beyond Wrestling? Yes. Okay. 
All right. Uh, Beyond Wrestling, Fet Forever took place at the Fet Music in, in, uh, in, in Providence, Rhode Island. And this aired on independent wrestling TV. All right. So let's get into uh, there was a pre-show match of Aaron Rock versus Teddy Goods. But then uh, much like a lot of wrestling these days, they kick things off with what conceivably should have been the main event. They kick things off with the big star that they got over in from uh, AEW, uh, previously from that WWE, good old Ruby Soho, who took on um, the independent world wrestling champion, Alex Shelley, formerly of the Motor City Machine Guns. And I have to start off this. Is this the trend now? Is it the great Southern trend? Um, it's a Pantera joke, everybody. Uh, where women are just wrestling men willy-nilly. Is this... Is this I'm an old man. R women didn't wrestle men unless it was like a China situation. Uh, women and men have been wrestling for a while in Beyond Wrestling. They were one of okay. the they were one of the premier leaders in the integration of inter intergender wrestling. It, it it came across like this is just what we do. W mm -hmm. Women wrestling men is no different than men re re wrestling men or women wrestling women. It's kind of everybody can wrestle everybody and everybody is on equal footing, which I think is an interesting take. Think about it like Shikara, how Shikara was, regardless of what uh, gender, role, uh, species you happen to be, you are all intertwining with each other. Right. Okay. It's very similar to that. So I really like this match. Uh, Ruby Soho is, uh, one, I think, one of the upper echelon of women wrestlers out there. She has a great look. I knew the first time she showed up in NXT, she was never going to make it in the WWE. Um, she doesn't look like Charlotte. But I think if they had if they had deigned to keep her on the main uh, on the NXT roster, I think she would have done really really well there for a very long time. Uh, I thought she matched up great with Alex Shelley. I thought they had themselves a good little indie match here. What do you think? Alex Shelley's submission to retain the title via Border City Stretch in eleven minutes and thirty eight seconds. Um, Shelley Shelley just recently won the IWTV title. He won it from Ruby's coworker actually. Uh, Lee Moriarty. Okay. So Shelley's been, uh, this is his second defense, as I'm sure you heard them talk about on the show. His mm -hmm. first defense was against John Wayne Murdoch of the Rejects, who's primarily a deathmatch wrestler. But I know John Wayne Murdoch. Yeah, I know him from all the uh, No Holds Barred shows. But he's actually a very good uh, straight-up wrestler as well that he doesn't mm -hmm. get the credit for, him and his tag team partner, Reed Bentley. But, um... So Shelly defended against him, and then the match against Soho here. Yeah, um, one of the things that people don't realize about Ruby Soho, uh, the former Heidi Loveless Ruby Riot to the WWE, she was actually trained by one of the premier technicians on the independent wrestling circuit in Billy Rock out of Indiana. Mm -hmm. And Billy Rock's uh, legacy precedes him with people like Ruby, like Dale Patricks, like... Um, Trip Cassidy, who was running Bizarro Lucha for a while, and other various people such as that there. He has quite the legacy of independent wrestling talent that trained underneath him, so he was able to pass on what he was able to do in the ring. Because uh, for as good as Billy Rock was in the ring, think Dean Malenko when it comes to Billy Rock. Okay. I'll, I'll stake very little sizzle. Gotcha. So this next one, good old Tasha Steeles, who I know from Impact Wrestling, she and the... Uh, Absolutely wonderfully adorable um surface Hogan. Kiera. Uh, Kiera Hogan. Just what a looker on her. Anyway, Tasha Steele, she was the one that used to do all the twerking. 
took on Megan Bain. Was it Megasis Rex or something along those Megasis. lines? Megasis. Me- Megan Bain might be my new favorite wrestler. She was fantastic in this. Uh, and she put the beating on Tasha Steeles. Uh, I tell you, I, I watched this about a week ago. And I, uh, er, yeah, about a week ago now as we're recording this. And I'd never seen Megan Bain before. Now, she looks like a gal who I'm not entirely sure how tall she is. Tasha Steeles is a little on the shorter side, so it's a little hard to tell. But Megan Bain looks like she's a girl that could rock the uh, the WWE main roster. I like this match. And, and, I liked, and I liked it more that Megan Bain won. Good old Megasis. Um, Megan Bain pinfall tombstone at 11 minutes and 42 seconds after interference from her seconds. They kind of played up the fact that this is the first time that Megan had struggled in a singles match and beyond, which if people are getting a chance to, I highly recommend checking out their Uncharted Territory TV series that airs mm-hmm. on IWTV as well. Their season finale, I think, is this Thursday, though, as they go into the holidays. Mm-hmm. So uh, this was actually my first time seeing Megan Bain. because oh, it was. I, I'm behind on Beyond. Like I went back a couple of years for Beyond, and I'm watching the back catalog to current. Okay. But we decided to do this show because it was timely. It was the most recent presentation from them, so I wanted to do something current and timely, yeah. like we talked about. Um, so this is my first time seeing Megan Bain, and I am absolutely ad- I adore her gimmick. I think she's she's got the look for it. Mm-hmm. She has the presentation down. She's a little hit and miss inside of the ring at times, but also she's only been wrestling for like two years. She seems like, you know, not not to beat this horse to death, but she seems like she's a girl who fits all the new NXT 2.0 criteria. She's young. She's big. She's athletic. She's pretty. She's there's, go ahead. There's a single word that I would use to describe Megan Bain. Are you ready? Go ahead. Potential. Absolutely. Yeah, I, she, I know the WWE right now, they're in this mode of they're not in love with a lot of the independent wrestling scene. They want to. They want to get athletes from every other walk of life. And, and they they say that. And then Roxy, the Ring of Honor Women's Champion, was at the most recent tryouts. But oh, sure. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So somebody who works for NXT 2.0 who might be listening to some intern, um, go go grab Megan Bain. She's she's your next big star on that roster. And please don't ruin her like you did Rhea Ripley. Um, you know who she kind of reminded me of, honestly? Who'd, you, who'd she remind you of? A better-looking Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah, um, she she has the body shape for it. I, I'd have to get another look at her. The, I, the IWTV is great, but some of their production and I, and I, and I know it's it's okay. every company has has their own production, so it, you, you can't just lay it at I, I, IWTV is a distributor, not a production company. But my point being, sometimes it's a little hard to tell. Technically, both. Um, it's a little hard to tell how much muscle definition Megan Bain had with the kind of cameras that they were shooting at the angles they were shooting at. Okay. So IWTV has a documentary series called the life of, Mm -hmm. and it's where they give a camera to one of the wrestlers and let them film a typical month in their life. Does she have the, so the December, the December, 2020, Mm -hmm. 2021 edition is Megan Bain. Okay, so does she have the muscle back definition that Raquel Gonzalez has? Uh, it looked like she was crushing it in the gym. I haven't had a chance to watch the life of yet, but I do right. plan on watching it. All right. Well, you go you go watch her workouts. You report back to me about her back muscles. You got it? On um, it. Homework. <laughs> all right. Speaking of AEW, the dark order um, of Alex Reynolds and John Silver took on whatever it takes of Mark Sterling and VSK. Who? Where do I know Mark Sterling and VSK from? Uh, Mark Sterling, you know, is Jade Cardgill's uh, lawyer. 
Okay, that makes sense. He is also part of the uh, 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 Zach Ryder, Matt Cardona action figure podcast. Smart Mark Sterling. That's not where I would have known him from, but it's good to know that. Um, do I know VSK from anywhere? He was part of a tag team with Dorian Graves called Massage Envy a while back. I don't know if that rings okay. any bells. Neither, none of these people were in the Mighty Don't Kneel, right? No, that was uh, Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste. Moving on. Um, I got the impression, based on commentary, that uh, this is not the first time these two dopes from the Dark Order have showed up in Beyond Wrestling. And apparently, at the very least, John Silver is beloved. Uh, both of them are beloved, actually. For okay. the while, they were considered the aces of the tag team division in Beyond. Okay. My favorite part about this entire match is the introduction. Okay. Where Rich, Rich Palladino, who is, in my opinion, the best ring announcer in independent wrestling... Decided to let us know that this was a fucking tag match scheduled for one fall. <laughs> Terrific. What would you think of the match? Match itself was okay. Um, never been really impressed by Mark Sterling in the ring. He's a nice dude. Very personable. Met him at a toy show. Very personable guy. Uh, John Silver, I think, has a lot of potential as a breakout single star. He's a three-foot-tall man. Dad, you, he's, the man has heart. Terrific. Um, look, okay, let me put this to you. Let me put it to you in a way that you would understand. John Silver is just about the same size as Brian Danielson. No, but more muscular. Yes, no, Silver's like five foot eight. Get the hell out of here. I would buy five three, five five. I'm not getting five eight from him. Silver's deceptively tall and incredibly powerful for a guy his size. I, look, I've I've watched him on AEW. I've, I've that's like the one thing I'd still follow fairly regularly. Um, I've been I've been a little busy this past month, so I got to see Winter is Coming, and I hadn't and I hadn't watched any AEW since probably before Full Gear. But normally, I watch every week. I watch at least Dynamite every week, and like I get it. I get why he's popular on that show. I watched his. His run in the upper rung of of AEW there for a while, where they were making a huge deal out of him, and I think he had their their t he had a shot at their TV title at one point. The TNT title, yes. Yeah, so like I I get his crowd appeal. I get you know that people accept him, uh, warts and all. I but if he's not being pushed in AEW, he's not getting any better than he has. He's he has it right now. You're insane if you think otherwise. He's a he's a good little addition to the oh, wonderfully no, vibrant re independent wrestling scene. Oh no, he's definitely a mid card talent in terms of a major company. I'm not going to yeah. say that he's going to go any higher than that. That being right. said, the history that Silver and Reynolds have in Beyond Wrestling helps their status in the company here. Sure. Silver and Silver and Reynolds pick up the victory in 12:45 when Alex Reynolds pins Mark Sterling. Yep, I thought it was a good, solid match. I my my issue is I, I kind of again, you know me, I'm I'm Jim Cornette's son, and I, every time I see the Dark Order, my eyes glaze over. So I'm like, oh god, these two guys. <laughs> there you go. Moving on. Um, Masha Slamovich defeated Kimberly, newly uh, signed to Impact Wrestling. Masha Slamovich. Oh, interesting. Okay, so I have questions. So, Kimberly, a couple years ago, I, I don't know if you travel in the same circles that I do as far as internet personalities and friends, but uh, I used to be on a podcast called The Casual Heroes with Gavin Napier, Jed Casey, uh, and Pat Mullen. And we talked one night about who I think it's Kimberly. She had a whole thing where, you know, this is going back like five, six years, where she was like only wrestling men and her gimmick was um, treat me like a man. 
and one guy did, and and, we, and, and the internet wrestling community was outraged because Chris Dickinson. Guy, that's who that was. Okay, I couldn't remember who the muscly guy was. Um, I couldn't remember if it was him or Brian Cage. But you know the incident I'm talking about now, where she took uh, a turnbuckle bomb and it yes, was like about Chris, Dick- her. Chris Dickinson. Okay, that's Kimberly. That's Kimberly. Okay, is she still also, doing? Is she still also, doing that? Also known as Princess Kimberly in Shakara. So is she still um, wrestling no, she, men and taking and taking turnbuckle bombs that are way too tough for her? Pretty much, pretty much exclusively female wrestling now. As you saw, she wrestled Masha Slamovich here. She's involved with um, who was it? Uh, Rosemary in okay. um, in uh, Impact Wrestling these days too. That's right. I, I I did see that she was in Impact Wrestling, uh, Kimberly. Yeah. And her f- husband is in the WWE. And she's married to? Zachary Wentz, a.k.a. Nash Carter of MSK. Oh, okay, cool. Um, honestly, this Matt, other than, like, they said Kimberly, and I went, oh, um, she, it's that girl. Other than that, this did not stand out to me at all. Well, this was to build to something more. Um, okay. The r- return for Beyond Wrestling is at what's being called the Restival. Yep. Uh, they advertised it during the course of FET Forever. And it's going to be Masha versus Kimberly and fans bring the weapons. Oh, that'll I be over. hear them announce that. Yeah, that sounds yep. fun. That'll be over the course of uh, New Year's weekend. You think somebody will have a stop sign wrapped in um, uh, wrapped in signboard in, you know, the, like uh, like an ECW? Use awesome. my sign. Get it? That, 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 <laughs> That is traditionally the way the stop signs go there. Unless you're Madman Pondo, in which case you just spray paint can't Pondo on the other side of it. So it's can't stop Pondo. Fantastic. Um, Masa, I, Slam, Masa Slamovich by disqualification at 8 minutes and 49 seconds. Again, basically there to set up the fans bring the weapons match. It, yeah, it did not leave an impact on me. Wheeler Uter defeated Tracy Williams. Um, when Wheeler Yuta showed up in AEW, I went, what's a Wheeler Yuta? And I'm still asking, what's a Wheeler Yuta? And I, uh, Tracy Williams sounds vaguely familiar, but I couldn't pick him out of a lineup at this juncture. Well, Tracy Williams is actually part of Ring of Honor as well. He was in Violence Unlimited. Oh, that's right. Hot sauce Tracy Williams. Fun fact. Fun fact. Mattel's least favorite tag team. Okay. Why? Because when they used to team on the independent circuit, Wheeler and Tracy, they called themselves Hot Wheels. <laughs> and got hit with a cease and desist for it. I'm sure they did. Right across the head. So what do you think of the match? Match was actually really good. I, I'm a fan of Wheeler Yudas, and I'm curious as to where the, the losing streak gimmick of uh, Tracy Williams is going and beyond. Mm-hmm. Because with Tracy about to lose one of his tag team partners in Ring of Honor anyways... Uh, they kind of teased it in, uh, in the last episode of Dynamite. I won't go any further than that if people haven't watched the most recent episode of Dynamite. But um, you, have you you've been keeping up with Dynamite? Uh, here and there when I get a chance to. Have you seen these dueling promos between MJF and CM Punk? I have. Is it is not MJF the future of professional wrestling? Because I believe he is. Those are some amazing promos. Here's the issue that I have. Oh boy. We'll, we'll just do this quick because I do want to get back to these shows and you've, you've had a long day as it is. You've had a long day as it is. It's had a long uh, weekend. It started Thursday night. <laughs> well, you know what it is, Mark. There was no way home for you tonight. <laughs> no, I saw Nightmare Alley. There was no way home for me Thursday. Oh, well, there's that too. <laughs> oh, oh, that is right. It was Nightmare Alley tonight. Anyways, 
I, I walked. I had that joke set up so perfectly too. And you, you did, I, and I completely no sold it. You anyway, did. Right. No selling. Back to MJF. Um, I like MJF's ring work. Sure. I like MJF's skills on the microphone. MJF is what's known as the cool heel, though, and I have a problem with that. Okay. Similar to something that Bully Ray has said before about wrestlers not wanting heel heat nowadays because heel heat doesn't sell merchandise. Right. When you're an independent wrestler such as MJF is, even though he now has the television contract with AEW and everything, you want to sell T-shirts. You want to sell 8x10s. You want to sell whatever it is that you, gimmicks that you're selling there. Right. And you do that by saying shit that you know will pop crowds. Right. Not saying stuff and acting like somebody that's afraid of getting his ass whooped by arguably the greatest wrestler of our generation. I don't disagree with the premise of your argument. Here's what I'm going to tell you. He has infinitely more talent than any of his contemporaries. He is more charismatic. He is better built. He is a, on average, a better wrestler. This is, a, and here's the thing. When I say like successful, we're talking about ascending to the WWE and at well, least half a chance of succeeding. And when I look at the young guys, when I look at the guys that have any, when I look at the guys that have any chance of ever jumping from AEW to WWE, should, should they want to, um, there are only, there are only maybe a handful of people for Baker, uh, MJF, maybe hangman Adam page at this point though, that, that window seems to be shutting. And I look at I look at all those people, and I was like, MJF, he's the only one that I see being able to succeed in that company besides Britt Baker, and he has the chops to run with the guys on that roster. He he's on he's of average size. He's not one of the bigger WWE guys, but he's abs. But his size works in his favor because I think you know against like a, a face Roman Reigns or some of the other you know bigger guys. I think he he comes across as the you know the Ric Flair type of cheat and heel, the weasel heel, yeah. And yeah. I think if he leaned more into that character, I could see it. But he doesn't really lean into that character. Mm -hmm. um, there is rumors that the WWE has an interest when his contract expires next year. Mm -hmm. That being said, I don't think it would be a wise decision for MJF. I, I think that he would be better off staying in AEW personally. If I, I want to make this nice because I don't want to get demonetized. If the highest of the highest levels of management change in WWE to where some philosophies are switched around and there's an opportunity for a guy as creative as MJF to succeed, I would say he he, he has to at least try. Okay. Under the current regimen, I would tell him run, run as far away. I, I'd sign another two-year deal with AEW. How yeah, I would. Could, how much longer could that management be in, you know, be in, in WWE at this point? I think it'll depend on whether or not Vince sells. Maybe. Um, anyway, I, I've been really enjoying this promo, so it was worth it for me to take two minutes out of this show to just discuss that. Wheeler, like the only thing going on in wrestling right now I'm paying attention to. Wheeler, Utah, pins hot sauce Tracy Williams with a roll-up at 15 minutes and 47 seconds. All right, and Ricky Shane Page, the former GCW heavyweight champion, the leader of 440, took on Slade. And I knew who Ricky Shane Page was, obviously. I had no idea who the hell Slade was. Slade's a new one for me as well. As a resident of the state of Ohio, obviously, I am very familiar with Ricky Shane Page, and I am, mm -hmm. I am a big fan of his work. Um, the Superplex was... 
I just realized you're talking about demonetization here. I have to watch my language. <laughs> the stup- that superplex was freaking stupid. Yeah, I was good. Well, the first thing I was going to say is Ricky Shane Page uh, looks like he's he's keeping himself in decent shape because when I saw him uh, over def- the summer of last year, he looked a little dumpy. He's definitely dropped a significant amount of weight since he dropped the GCW title. And yeah. I don't just mean the 15 pounds of gold reference there either. Um, he's always he's always good for a good garbage match. Um, Ricky Shane Page is, and um, there was no Are- there was no lacking of that on this show. And I think when you do it once a show, it's not so bad. Uh, there were two matches that specifically had this here, but there's a meaning behind the second match, and we'll get to that when we get to the main event. RSP pinned Slade with the GTF, which now I have to censor for the sake of this podcast. <laughs> uh, are you familiar with the children's book, Go the, the Sleep? I am. That's what GTF stands for. I, I got it. <laughs> All right. Waves and Curls, Jalen Brandon and Trayvon Jordan, who look like they'd fit in well at uh, Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Bear Country, which is my new favorite tag team, and I, I want them to run wild in AEW, a- but I don't see that happening. I was just about to say, AEW superstars, uh, Bronson actually takes on Hook this Friday on uh, Rampage. That's not going to happen for me. Um, the main event, Jay Lyon and Midas Black, that's a big shrug. And the circus, Shook... Circus act. Okay. And the Shook crew, Bobby Orlando and Bryce Donovan. All right. So this was a fun cluster F of a match. It was, you know, just bodies flying hither and thither. Um, You know, again, I I say when you do it once on a show, it's fine. And it's certainly something to break up the monotony of, you know, three, four hours of wrestling. This was a fun match. um, That's all I can say about it. And like I said, I go back to (laughs) waves. and You have to tell me a little bit more about waves and curls because. First time seeing them. What was that? First time seeing them. Oh, okay. They they got quite the reaction here. They got a bigger reaction than anybody else in this match. Um, well, that's not really surprising to me because they were uh, they're from um, Providence, Rhode Island, which is where the show was at the mm-hmm. Fed Music Hall in Providence. So that they're probably like products of the local scene. There's a lot of local people in the audience there. It makes sense that uh, Trayvon and Jalen got the response that they did. The only one of these teams that I'm actually super familiar with is the Shook Crew, and the only reason of that is because. Um, the acclaimed on AEW television, mm-hmm. the rapping gimmick that uh, Max Caster uh, has. Yeah, Max Caster started as part of the Shook Crew. Oh, okay. Max Caster's when, on my short list of wrestlers I actually pay attention to. When he was, uh, when they were in CCW, mm-hmm. Max Max Caster was the leader of the Shook Crew. Gotcha. Where is Max Caster these days? Is he still wrestling for AEW? He was just on um, Rampage this past Friday. He okay. was part of the ten man tag match, which his team won. Okay. Yeah, well, for a while there, they were keeping him off TV because he he was made nice some thing. less yeah made some less than timely remarks about the Duke lacrosse team. Yes, <laughs> that that's was as far. That was not his only offense, but yes, that was the big one. The, well, that's as far as we'll go with that. Yup. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right. Um, so this was fun. Willow Nightingale versus Max the Impaler. Max the Impaler, a large Viking esque woman. Yikes! Uh, them. <laughs> okay, that her pronoun. Their pronoun. pronouns are them. They got it. Yeah. Moving on. Tell me about Just this match. Wanna 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 keep us on the right I- side of. I look. I'm not fighting it. I'm just. It's it no. It does not well, come out easy. They do this. They do the same thing with the Ring of Honor gimmick as well. Okay. When they're in Ring of Honor as well, and we'll talk about that on uh when we do Final Battle because they were part of Final Battle on the pre-show. Okay. 
in the 10 person tag. Gotcha. Um, Willow Nightingale is like the sweetheart of, um, it's like the sweetheart of beyond right now, especially after her tag team partner decided to do what her tag team partner decided to do. Mm-hmm. We had this conversation in our own personal chat about solo darling. Yeah. Okay. I vaguely remember this. Yeah. And the whole David Starr situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a great, not a great look. So Willow's gone solo after the bird and the bee broke up and the beyond fans have kind of taken to Willow as one of their own there. So she picks uh, Willow picks up the win with a moonsault, which is impressive for a girl her size. And I don't mm-hmm. say that. I don't say that offensively. I don't intend it offensively anyways, but Willow is a bigger girl. Yep. And it was a pretty clean moonsault that got the pin at 11 minutes and 45 seconds. You know, I see a girl, I, I see a person like Max the Impaler and every, and this again, this is just my, my age showing. Um, and I free, freely admit that, but it's my podcast, so I'm going to show my age. I look at Max the Impaler, and I'm like, how do you not win all your matches? You you look like a beast. You look just super violent. And then and, and not that I think Willow Nightingale shouldn't win matches, but I put the two of them together, and you know, I, Max I, just, is, I don't see how Max loses that match. Max is definitely the more athletic of the two. Yeah. But I think that there's something to be said for strategy as well. And they played a strat they they told a story during the course of the match that Willow had a superior strategy to Max hitting and moving whatever Willow could rather you're than not, Max going straight forward. No, you're not wrong. Um and, and I can and I certainly understand, you know, a storyline that ends with the, the smaller person being able to win the match due to strategy the David, or speed or whatever. The David Goliath story. Yeah, all the time in pro wrestling. I just I just want to see big Viking people win matches. That's all. Um, I'm I'm, pre- I'm prejudiced towards big Viking people. Um, raid, raid, raid. Alex Price versus uh, Alec. Alec Price, for Isaac, 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 <laughs> Isaac, Isaac Cruz. Got it. Uh, Alec, Alec, Alec Price defeated Blake Christian. So my one lasting memory of Blake Christian was he was in a wrestling match with another guy. At a GCW show about a year or two ago, the two-hour draw, something like that. The clip that was that was making the rounds on Twitter was one of those ones where where Jim Cornette tried to tear off his own head and throw it across the room. He was so mad uh, because it was you know that you Blake Christian and whoever the guy was who was a similar body shape to him, Tony Deppen. No, it wasn't Tony Deppen. It um, was Tony Deppen. Are you kidding me? That was Tony Deppen. The two-hour. The two-hour draw match was definitely Tony Depp. The, the one where, where the for a good two to three minutes at, at the open, it was just a lot of like flippity doos. Oh no, I, that wasn't Tony Deppen. Yeah, I was like that. Like I don't think it was. Um, I know the match you're referring to, but I also don't okay. remember the opponent. Yeah, but okay, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I yes, I remember that because I remember Jim Cornette's reaction to it. it was like, what is this incessant tumbling routine I'm watching? I, um, I have to keep I, my. But, I have yes, to keep my opinions of Mr. Cornette to myself lest we get demonetized. <laughs> Good idea. Um, also, not about him. I'm just saying that's <laughs> why I remember it. Um, no, Blake, you Christian, also, I know for, Blake Christian I know from GCW. Blake Christian also had a cup of coffee in NXT is Trey Baxter. Okay, I vaguely remember that as well. Uh, um, the, the closest he got to any kind of notoriety in NXT, though, is he lost to Rich Holland on the pre-show for, war, for TakeOver 36. Ah, was that before Rich Holland broke his leg mysteriously? No, that was after Rich Holland broke his leg, before his call-up to the main roster. Oh, okay. That's so hard to keep track of these things. Anyway, Blake Christian's always a good hand. If you like the kind of Young Buck style, all heart. do matches. 
um you know he puts on a good show what'd you think of this match i enjoyed it my first time seeing alec price and i actually really like his character and i'm looking forward to seeing more i know he has a title defense scheduled for the i want to say the limitless championship during the rest of all that i do intend on watching so everything that i saw here like i said my first time seeing alec price i was impressed mm-hmm. by him um i am a fan of all heart blake christian i've known uh all uh blake christian since he broke out in iwa mid-south back in like 2015 2016 somewhere around that time frame mm-hmm. and then obviously he made his he made his name on the independent circuits through game changer yeah. which led to him getting the NXT deal that he got off of the tryouts there. And unfortunately, the NXT deal was what it was. The change in management led to the release of Blake Christian. His girlfriend is still in NXT, Cora Jade, the former, uh, the Elena Black, I believe was her name on the independent circuit. Gotcha. All right. And then in our main event, we had Dutch defeating Dan Barry in a no DQ match. You know, my problem, my only problem with this was like, Two, two or three matches before that, we had Ricky Shane Page and Slade. I don't like to see more than one of these okay. on a show per night, but whatever. I'm going to give this a pass, and here's why. Okay. Um, Dan Barry, the opponent in this match. Uh, Dutch, who you would know from Ring of Honor's The Righteous, with Vincent Marsalia and um, oh, what's his name? Oh, God, I'm drawing the blank. TK Orion, I think it is. Okay. Um, Dutch used to be known as Bill Carr and Bill Carr and Dan Barry were a tag team known as team tremendous. I know team tremendous. Uh, they were considered the aces of the beyond wrestling tag team division before Mm -hmm. silver and Reynolds. And then obviously Barry turned on Carr originally and created a, like, it was like a, like a cult gimmick. I forget the name of it, but it was like a cult gimmick. And as soon as I see the name of it, I'll, 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 message it to you that because I, I don't remember it off the top of my head but then team tremendous reunited and then it was uh, bill carr that was recruited away from team tremendous when he signed with ring of honor to join up with vincent marsalia as part of the righteous okay so this was a battle of uh, former teammates and kind of a, a grudge match and you saw vincent making his um making his beyond wrestling return at the end of this match too in order to set up the match for the rest of all between vincent and uh dan barry um, all right, so tell me. So, I, in terms of in the entire event, uh, I thought it was a pretty, for an independent wrestling show, a pretty slick production. Um, there were some fun appearances. Uh, I would say about fifty percent of it was memorable. The other fifty percent, if you weren't here, I wouldn't know what to talk about because I don't remember it at all. But not, not, not the worst show I've ever seen. Real quick, uh, Alec Price pinned Blake Christian with the Sue Price kick mm-hmm. at sixteen twenty-five. Dutch pinned Dan Barry with a ripcord boss man slam onto thumbtacks at 23 minutes and 25 seconds. So this was your passion project. This was your passion pitch. Uh, passion pitch. What you uh, were you happy with what you saw? Was it worth the wait? I, I've always enjoyed Beyond Wrestling, and one of the things that I think stands out for Beyond Wrestling to me is let's give a shout out to Commentary, who I thought did a fantastic job. Yeah, they, uh, they did not annoy me at all. As as a as a commentator myself for as long as I was on the independent wrestling circuit doing uh play-by-play for almost a decade locally here in ohio pennsylvania west virginia the tri-state area here mm-hmm. i i know how much commentary can add and just as much how much bad commentary can take away from a show and i want to give a special credit to the color commentator on this show sydney bacabella who longtime wrestling fans might know better as joey eastman and i thought that him and um his his play-by-play cohort whose name is unfortunately escaping me right now. 
I thought that they made an excellent team. It's the same team that does um, the Un Uncharted Territory TV show. Okay. Um, we're gonna go ahead and I'd give it a, I'd give it about a, I'd give it about a seven, honestly. Okay. So let's take a pause for the cause here and talk about Grammarly. Grammarly for you listeners of TV Party Tonight on Rattle and Broadcasting Network, brought to you by WTM, is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. Before we get into Ring of Honor, there are two things on the agenda. One is Ring of Honor in and of itself. But the other thing, and I know this this was meaningful to you, so I'm just going to let you take over, uh, the passing of Jimmy Rave. James Guffey. Um, okay, so I'm going to preface this by saying that there were two James Guffeys. There was the James Guffey that became the James Guffey that he became because of his drug problems, and unfortunate as it is to see, hopefully we can learn a lesson from this and learn that there's a way out that we've seen far too many people get taken from us far too soon because of habits that can be and need to be addressed. There's also the Jimmy rave that was such a huge boost to the Southern wrestling scene. When he first broke into wrestling back in the early two thousands, helping guys along today that we know make their names on the independent scene. In addition to putting that Southern independent wrestling scene back on the map, guys like Jimmy rave guys like AJ styles, that Georgia area that gave the South something to look towards because for a while, the Southern independent wrestling scene was dead. So I'm going to choose to remember the Jimmy rave that helped put Southern independent wrestling back on the map. But I'm also going to encourage people out there that may be afflicted with the same issues that Jimmy Rafe had to hopefully view this as an opportunity to reach out for help. I so would. That, I would so that way, that way his story doesn't have to be your own as well. Yeah, I would second that. If you know, if you're struggling with substances and mental health issues, help is out there. Help is um, maybe not always easiest to access, but it is out there, and it's. You know, and, for, and especially since the pandemic, how, there's a lot of telehealth uh, available to people now, to, um, mental health counseling via the Internet. It's never been easier in terms of connection to get with a therapist or counselor or what have you than it is right now. There, and, I, and from the other side of that, um, while I'm happy at my job in case any of my boss is listening, um, I, I, do, I do kind of keep tabs on what's going on in terms of jobs for uh, licensed clinical social workers and mental health professionals. And th they can't get enough counselors in these telehealth positions. It's, it's a growing industry. So if you need help, help is out there for you, but you got to take that first step. All right. um, I would much rather, I would much rather talk to you than have to talk about you at your funeral. Well said ring of honor. Um, Final battle took place December 11, 2021 in B-more. We aim to hit a woohoo in B-more. You heard the line from the wire. Um, and it took place at the it was a heavily it was a heavily edited line, by the way, from the wire. Uh Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. It's the end of an era, is what I've been told. 
let's go back now. Uh, not that long ago, Ring of Honor made an announcement that they are going on hiatus. Everyone was being released from their contracts. And when they came back, Don't. they were not going to use contracted talent, which the- everyone took, hang on, which everyone took to mean that they were probably going to go out of business. They were, you know, people were, this is what the scuttlebutt was. There was that they were going to sell, that AEW was going to absorb them, whatever. There was a lot of talk about, like, this was low-key the end of Ring of Honor as as we know it. Uh, Joe Coff, um, in an interview within the last day or so, said, all we said was we're not going to use contracted talent, which means, and and the way I, I saw this put on one of the uh, wrestling sites that I was reading the interview at was, that they'll run shows. They they are planning to run a show in Dallas, WrestleMania weekend. Venue uh-huh. booked and paid for is what I was made to understand. And they'll run with the talent they have access to. All all they're saying is they're not gonna run. They're not gonna run a budgeted roster. Uh, as I understand it, there's not going to mm-hmm. be like a touring Ring of Honor anymore. It's going to be a situation right. where they do like live events and TV mm-hmm. tapings at said live events. Because of the Sinclair Broadcasting Group and having the the programming right. on Sinclair Broadcasting, so, so it's going to be like a mishmash of whoever's out there. It's the basically going to be a super indie again, yeah. Which is what it was before they started having contracted workers. So, in mm-hmm. other words, nothing's going to change except the fact that nobody's going to not going to get an actual contract anymore. Well, okay. So, I want to get your your thoughts on that briefly because. It's hard to have established champions when you don't know if they're going to be in the building from one month to the next. I agree with that, and I think that that's going to be a problem that Ring of Honor faces, especially since multiple champions in Ring of Honor have interest from other companies. Right. What happened to Rush? Rush lost the title Yeah. to Bandito. Right, who wasn't on this show because of COVID. Correct. Rush, I don't think has been at uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, as far as I know, I don't think Rush has been at Ring of Honor since uh, since he dropped the title. I'm really surprised Rush hasn't turned up in uh, Impact, AEW, NXT at all. Like like of the one guy, other than my my stupid obsessions with Matt Taven, the one guy in Ring of Honor who I thought would uh, jump to a higher calling well- was Rush. We we will talk about Matt Taven a little bit later on in the show <laughs> conversation because that may have been about the stupidest freaking thing that I have ever seen in wrestling. Fair enough. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I'm hoping Rush turns up again in a place that give him more exposure. He had a good look to him, so I'm you know. I think he was wasn't he recently announced for Battle of Los Angeles? Okay, again. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking no, I, about. I, I know you mean like a place with a stage there, but let's consider mm-hmm. that several of the other names already announced for Battle of Los Angeles are AEW talent. And mm-hmm. who owns PWG? Oh, yeah, Excalibur and the Young Bucks. Okay, so you're saying that this is probably a backdoor into AEW? It's entirely possible. Okay. Well, I know they have, I know they're switching to TBS in January for Dynamite. I think they have more hours of TV coming. I got to imagine they're going to eventually up their pay-per-views. You know, I yes, there's a ton of t- WWE talent that ha- that's now available to them. But uh, I look, I would I'm going to make the argument that AEW could pr- could use a guy like Rush. They need guys Rush size, not guys Orange Cassidy and John Sterling size. Uh, John Silver. Who cares? 
I care. Um, you you be you be nice to Johnny Hungy over there. No. Um when he when he grows up and becomes a real boy, sure. Um, um I don't disagree I don't disagree in that most of the AEW roster is undersized, but I think they have their breakout big man on the roster already. And who is that? Michael Wardlow. Oh, well, yeah. He's still greener than Goose Poop, though. Like, he still uh, needs work. I, I don't disagree with that, but you get him a mouthpiece, and I think he could be somebody special. Well, isn't that supposed to be MJF? No, because MJF is there for the spotlight for himself. Wardlow <laughs> needs somebody that'll put the accent on him. He not in order to... You want to keep this monetized, right? <laughs> Jim Cornette is a good talker. Someone Jim, like Jim Cornette. I, how old of a reference did you want this old man to make? He Jim did to Cor Bobby Heenan. May Bobby Heenan rest in peace. <laughs> uh, Jim Cornette would get super kicked out of the building the second he showed up. Uh, you're being pedantic. You need somebody like... <laughs> yes, somebody of that. manager. You know who would be good for him, actually, I think? Mark Sterling. Similar to what Sterling is doing with Jay Cardgill. Okay. Yeah, it wouldn't be too bad. All right. So your thoughts in general about the Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor announcement and where they're headed and um, what good might come of this? Um, well, it's not much good for the contracted talent, unfortunately. But I do think that there are bigger and brighter fronts out there for several of these people here, including guys who we saw on the final battle show there. And we're like, we'll hit on a couple of these people as we go through mm -hmm. the show here, because I do think that as we go through final battle, there are going to be several members of the current Ring of Honor roster as we knew it at final battle that won't be available for long. Right. No, I some I as early as some as early as this Wednesday on Dynamite, if you've heard that rumor. Um, yes, I have. And I'm very excited about that because it's not like they were ever going to get to the WWE with, with their look and age. Not to mention, not to mention the allegations that Jay has had in the past. Oh, I, I didn't know anything about that, but yeah, I'm, I'm ex just, despite that I'm excited for, um, well, I don't know why we're being coy. I'm excited for the Briscoes to show up in AEW. I just hope. If the Briscoes and FTR have an extended feud, yay, I'm happy. I will enjoy that. If the Briscoes go right into a feud with the Young Bucks and it goes the way the FTR feud went, I'm going to throw my pants at the television. We have to wear pants when we do these shows? Not this, but I mean, <laughs> I, there's always no, the I, chance I'm wearing pants on a Wednesday night. So uh, I, don't think no, I, I, <laughs> I get what you're saying. No, it's... It's definitely a case that the Briscoes could bring a much-needed sense of relevancy to the AEW tag team division as well, because for as good as good as the as good as the Lucha Brothers are, for mm -hmm. as good as the Young Bucks are, I don't know that the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers have the general mainstream recognition that the Briscoes have. Because okay. of what general mainstream recognition in terms of. In terms of the look, in terms of the standoutness of the Briscoes, Jay and Mark have a very unique look. Jay and Mark, they, they, they do. They but have a the very unique, implication that anyone outside of wrestling knows who the hell the Briscoes are is insanity. I would argue that more people know who the Briscoes are than know who the Young Bucks are or know I who suppose, the Lucha Brothers are. So I was at work yesterday, and I um and I we use numbers to identify the patients that we work with. And instead of just telling her what the number was, I sang two, four, six, Oh one from Les Miserables. And she had no idea what Les Miserables was. And I she have doesn't no know idea what, what that is. <sighs> <laughs> I, I think it's a musical. 
Yes, it's a musical, you uncultured swine. How dare you call me a swine? Uh, yeah, it's one of the most famous musicals in the history of modern. You know what? Merry uh, Christmas, you filthy animal. Uh, moving on. Anyway, um, <laughs> no one knows who the hell the Prisco is outside of wrestling nerds like you. Okay, let's move this on. Um, all right, so let's get into, unless you have anything else to say about uh, the future of Ring of Honor, um, I'm going to just kind of end this part of the conversation by saying there's so much uh, available independent wrestling. Now, I don't see how Ring of Honor could have tried to exist as anything but an independent with a television contract. Like, there's, it's just, it's too saturated of a market right now. There's there's no place for them. Literally. Go ahead. Literally, the only reason ROH is sticking around is to be content for Sinclair Broadcasting Group. Right. That's, that's, that's what I mean. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because they have their own streaming service as well in Honor Club. Mm -hmm. uh, if you believe the reports, the reason that Tony Khan stepped in to help with Final Battle and everything was because he wants the rights to All In. Mm -hmm. Because of the fact that All In was basically the launch show for AEW. Right. Which we reviewed here on TV Party Tonight, part of the Raw Religion Broadcasting Network. All right, so let's get let's kick things off with the righteous righteous uh Vincent Bateman and Dutch with Tyler Star. Tyler Bateman, that was the name I couldn't think of. Uh versus Shane Taylor Productions of Khan, Moses, and O'Shea Edwards Ron Hunt. And that was 10 minutes. Uh this was a six-man tag for the Ring of Honor World World Six-Man Tag Championship. What did you think of this match, Harry? I did not see this match. Did you see anything on the pre-show? I joined right before the second match started, actually. Okay, so we'll move on. Miranda Elise and the allure of Angelina Love and Mandy Leon defeated Chelsea Green and the Hex of Allison Kay and Marty Bell. This is where I started watching the pre-show because I didn't realize that the pre-show had started at 7 instead of 7.30. Okay. Um, Mandy Leon is an attractive woman. Mm -hmm. As a wrestler, Mandy Leon is an attractive woman. Damn it. <laughs> that finish was the ugliest freaking version of that sit-out Mishinoku driver I have ever seen in my life. And honestly, I was shocked that she didn't drop, uh, I want to say it was Marty on her head. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see any of these. So I caught both Fet Forever and um, Final Battle after the fact. Um, I watched, and as a matter of fact, I watched Final Battle in like three different sittings. So I didn't see any of this. And and to be fair, that's like seven and a half hours of wrestling. Yeah. Because um, it's not like I don't do 700 other things just for this network. PJ Black, Flip Gordon, which is the greatest name ever. Brian Malonis and the Beer City Bruiser and World Famous CB defeated LSG Sledge, Max the Impaler, Demonic Flamita, and Will Ferreira. You know, if I hadn't been a lifelong wrestling fan, I would argue none of those were real names. That this is just this was like some made-up video game crap. There's a couple of people that will stand out to the casual wrestling fan here, actually. Okay. PJ Black, for example. Sure. He was what's this nuts from the WWE? Justin Gabriel. That's the one. Part of the Nexus. So yeah. more casual wrestling fans might remember the name Justin Gabriel. Yep. Uh, Wolf Ferreira is part of a tag team with uh, Rhett Titus called The Dogs, although mm -hmm. Titus is involved in the TV title match during the course of the actual pay-per-view itself. Cheeseburgers built kind of a reputation. World-famous CB would be Cheeseburger. Okay. Oh, yeah, I know I'm a Cheeseburger. Yeah. Um, let's see who else was in this match here. Um, Max we talked about during Fett Forever. 
um, trying to think of who else was in. Read the names again, and then I'll run. Okay, Flip Gordon yeah. uh, had a lot of had a lot of um, involvement in the All In pay per view. Yes, I remember that. They did that whole thing about uh, Cody not letting him on, and then he won a battle royal on the pre-show in order to wrestle Jay Lethal at All In for the ROH title. Um, all right, so we kicked off the pay-per-view proper. Match, with Dragon. match yeah. itself was nothing. Match yep. itself was nothing to write home about. That's why I'm pushing forward. Yep. Um, we kicked off the pay-per-view proper with Dragon Lee defeating Ray Horace in 11 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, good opening match. Two mask guys. Nothing. Nothing much to see here, though. In my opinion, Ray Horace. You might know actually. Okay. Uh, Lucha Underground. So I've seen like two episodes of Lucha Underground. Okay, maybe not then. Dragon Azteca Jr. and Lucha Underground. Gotcha. Uh, Dragon Lee's best known for his feud with he. he I'm going to butcher the hell out of this. Hiromu Takahashi, the junior heavyweight in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okay, I know Takahashi. Yeah, that's uh, that. Dragon Lee's best known for his feud with him. I think it was in a match with Dragon Lee that Takahashi broke his neck. Oh, okay. Um, Matt, I, I thought the match was okay. It was fi a fine opener. They telegraphed the finish from a mile away, though, with the whole constantly beating the beating the horse that Horus uh, had never beaten Dragon Lee. Gotcha. I All hate right. when commentary does that. And I actually really like Ian Riccoboni, too. So I like this next match. I like two who's in it, um, and I'll tell you why in a second. Um, Rhett Titus defeated Dalton Castle, who was the incoming champion, Silas Young, and I believe in Joe Hendry. I need him to land on his feet. I need him to be on a television show that I'll actually watch just so we can keep saying I believe in Joe Hendry. Because you believe in Joe Hendry. I do believe in Joe Hendry. It is so catchy. God damn, is that so I catchy. was singing it at work today. I'm like just <laughs> like going down the hall to go see patients, uh, and I'm like, I believe in Joe Hendry. Couldn't pick the man out of a lineup, but that is a catchy jingle. Uh, Silas Young, I am a fan of. I've followed mm -hmm. Silas since his days in AAW back in like the mid 2000s, 2005, 2006, 2007. Dalton Castle. Um, the party peacock, I'm sure people have become somewhat familiar with Castle's work. Former Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. Mm -hmm. Like he has an odd body shape. He has a very, he, he got yeah, for his the way he wears his trunks, he looks like he's actually lost some weight. He's less square in the torso than he used to be. Like he like he he was kind he kind of used to be shaped like Qbert, where he was just legs <laughs> and a giant bulbous <laughs> body. Um now he's a he looks like you know he looks like a bit of a professional wrestler, but he still ha he still wears his trunks really really high, and it, you know so he looks like he's wearing a fat guy bathing suit. He's it's just bizarre looking. Like he I don't know I I like Dalton Castle. I think um he I think he'd make another really good addition to AEW. He would not fit in at all in the WWE. Not after what they did. The problem. What's what was the guy's name that used to run around with all the people chasing him? Um, no way, Jose. No. But close. Before No Way Jose, the other guy that was doing that gimmick. Um, Adam Rose. Adam Rose, yeah. Like, I could see Dalton Castle being like another Adam Rose. And since we all know how Adam Rose has ended up, let's just not go there again. But I can see Dalton Castle doing well in AEW. If I'm not mistaken, I think Castle's a little bit beyond the WWE hiring age. So if he's yes. going to land anywhere, it would more than likely be in. Because I think Castle's like 36 or 37. Well, years that old. was what I was implying. Like the, the window is shut for WWE, but he's mm -hmm. he's got, of all these guys, besides Joe Henry, um, he's got this really fun personality. And I think he actually comes alive mm -hmm. on camera. 
We believe in Joe Henry. Yep, TV probably um, believes in Joe Henry. That there's your subtitle for tonight's episode. <laughs> That's right. The Indie Siders too. We believe in Joe Henry. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um, Rhett Titus. Um, it, it feels like a nice way for the ROH to go out of its official ROH, the end of an era ROH, mm-hmm. by putting the TV title on Rhett Titus. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I have never seen anything in Rhett Titus. I am not a fan. I thought his tag team partner in the All Night Express was way better in the KING King and Kenny okay. King. So, like, I, I don't dislike putting the title on Titus, but I think it's more of a career achievement award for Titus than anything else really going forward. That's fine. That's kind of what happens on a show like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Woods, who is the Pure Rules match, uh, Pure Rules champion, Ring of Honor Pure champion, oi, uh, defeated Brian Johnson by technical submission. You know, this match had a lot of promise. I don't think it delivered. Um, I think if you're talking about the pure wrestling championship and, you know, catch as catch can technical wrestling, I've seen better. This was kind of... Um, the main event was better pure wrestling than this match was. Yeah, agreed. I Like Josh Woods, I get the appeal of the former MMA fighter, the former UFC fighter. I get mm-hmm. the appeal of Josh Woods. I just, I don't think he's that good. Yeah. And Brian Johnson has never impressed me. He's one of those Ring of Honor students. He's never really impressed me. Yeah, I was not impressed with this match at all. Um, next match was Shane Taylor and Kenny King. This was almost 20 minutes long, and it was called Fight Without Honor. Uh, this was their two- trademark, the ROH trademark stipulation match for settling blood feuds. Got it. Um, this was two African American guys kicking the living hell out of each other. Um, they work. I thought they worked really, really well. I thought they meshed nicely. Uh, I thought they put on, you know, for for like a a no holds barred street fight type match. I thought this didn't get this didn't get into borderline silly the way a lot of these do. I, you know, I bought that they were having a fight where they were trying to kill each other. It was fun. Speaking of trying to kill each other, let's talk about the moment where one of them almost died. (laughs) Go ahead. Uh, the the package pile driver on the ladder bridge between the guardrail oh. and the ring. Yeah, and that hurt ladder, me when I saw it. That was rough. The ladder gives way, and Shane Taylor almost drops Kenny King right on his goddamn head. <laughs> My so, spinal column hurt watching that. Yeah, that was that. That's one of those where like you, you get hit with it, and you just start rethinking your life choices. So I'm hearing Kenny King might actually end up in AEW. Take a drink when I say might end up in AEW or should be in AEW. You'll have alcohol poisoning by the end of the show. Um, but I've heard or, the rumor is Kenny King is that's where he's headed. Or a sugar coma. Sure. Uh, King's another one of those guys that he, he actually does have some mainstream notoriety that people would recognize him. Okay. Let's not forget that Kenny King was on The Bachelor a couple of seasons ago. I it's hard to forget when you don't know, but that's interesting. Well, now you know. And knowing is half the battle. Uh the final battle as it do, do do do. Oh boo. There it is. <laughs> uh all right. I, I, I do appreciate a good rib shot. <laughs> Roxy is an adorable looking lady. Good grief. Um she took on Willie Willow Nightingale. She beat her by pinfall for the ROH women's championship. At 9.50. Uh, Roxy, I believe, is... Uh, does she wrestle? Am I mistaken? Is she, does she wrestle for Impact as well? No, she does not. No. Or she did okay. not. 
Uh, we did talk about the fact that she had the WWE tryout this past week, so we'll see if anything oh, okay. comes of that. She is scheduled to wrestle for um, Impact against Deanna Perrazzo, because if you remember, That's the Virtuosa what I saw. Okay, yeah, the Virtuosa came out and confronted Roxy after the match mm -hmm. and challenged her to a champion, because Deanna's going to wrestle uh, Mickey James at Hard to Kill. Mm -hmm. And then Deanna said that when she beats Mickey at Hard to Kill and gets back her Impact Championship, then she challenges Roxy to a champion versus champion match. Okay. I, I knew I had read um, that this was not the end of the road for Roxy. Look, she's an adorable-looking girl. She seems young. She seems like she'd be a good fit for NXT 2.0. Uh, I'm hoping. Um, I'm hoping she makes it. I hope. I'm hoping they see something in her. I like. I liked her work in this match. I thought she meshed well with Willow. Yeah, they had that that the David Goliath story that we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. and much more physical form here because Roxy is a petite little thing. Yeah, and as we mentioned, Willow is a bigger girl, but yeah. she's a very she's a deceptively good athlete for a woman her size. Yeah, she's very graceful. I mean, and it's like she's not like dewdrop size. She's you know she's just thicker um, mm -hmm. than than the average dame that wrestles these days. And but I think both of them were pretty light on their feet. <laughs> Neither one of them were too klutzy. Thicker than the average bear. <laughs> All right. Um, and then we have violence unlimited, no vowels. Brody King, <sighs> homicide has got to be what a hundred years old at this point. Good grief. <laughs> He's certainly up there. Yes. Holy cow. So, yeah, Brady uh, King, hom Homicide, and Tony Deppin of GCW fame. Good old Tony Deppin. I, I will enjoy say, him. Real quick, I will say this much about Homicide. I did appreciate Homicide going back to the Hit Squad uh, jumpsuit for the mm -hmm. final battle show, just because that was a callback to the very first Ring of Honor show back in 2002 in the era of Honor Begins. I appreciated that he busted out the fork. The, the ghetto <laughs> fork? Yes. He um, also busted out a Sick looking cop killer too. Yes, he did. So yeah. Um, so Tony Deppin, who I enjoy from the GCW shows, he's fun. I'm hoping to see him on one of the Effie's big gay brunch shows coming up at WrestleMania or something or something along those lines. And Rocky Romero with Chris Dickinson. What the hell happened to Chris Dickinson? Broke his leg. Doing what? Wrestling a couple of months ago. I don't believe you. <laughs> Google. <laughs> I will. Poor dirty daddy. I'm, I feel bad for him now. Um, but yeah, I was surprised to see him out there with the with the crutches. The and, future uh, papa. Okay, and then they took on Kurgan uh, from the Attitude Era, otherwise known now as EC3. Holy crap! He, I did not recognize him. He is super gassed. It's it's scary. Well, his face. So EC3's face used to not be that sharp in the chin. It comes to a point now. That's why Can I feel we, like he uh, looked like Kurgan. Can we do real quick before we move over to the other team? Can we talk about one other member of the Violence Unlimited? Go ahead. Because they actually, you, you know, that whole take a drink to go into AEW thing? Let's talk about the member that actually has already signed with AEW. Okay. Brody King. Ah, yes. Uh, did you watch? You, you said you watched Winner is Coming, yes? I did. You saw the Alistair, the, uh, uh, not Alistair, uh, what's his freaking Malachi name? Malachi Black. Malachi Black vignette where they mm -hmm. where he spewed the mist in the person's face and said, "Now yeah. you're so much more than a king." Ah, okay. That it's referring, memorable. yeah, him and uh, him and Brody King have teamed on the independence. Cool. Looking they're the PW. Seeing... They're the PWG tag team champions. As a matter of fact, if I ever get to watch Dynamite on a regular basis again, when I'm not doing 500 other podcasts uh, and prepping for them, maybe That's I'll on you. see him wrestle. <laughs> Thanks, my wife. 
Um, <laughs> what? I had to suffer the consequences for decisions I made for myself? That's not fair, TikTok tells me. Anyway, um, yes, the other team was EC3, Eli Isom, Taylor Russ, and Tracy Williams. So this cracked me up, not not having nothing to do with the match, though. Watching Homicide and Tony Depp and Russell is always a treat. This cracked me up because this leads to, um, I think it's either here or later on in the show, where what's-his-face? Right name after is, the was, match. The Titan, the, Adam Sure. Yeah, what, what, what did we call him in WWE for years? Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. So, Braun, so could you explain to me this whole like, no. control-your-narrative thing? No, I've never watched any of the pay-per-views. Um, okay. I understand where they're going with uh, and the fact that Adam that Adam Schur is now going to apparently be making a run on the independence. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I have to watch my language here. Adam Schur can go fornicate with himself. I understand. My question to you was, what is the whole control your narrative thing? I honestly don't have an explanation for it. I've never seen any of the pay-per-views. Okay. This has been going on for a while then? Yeah, he's had a couple of produced that were produced on Fight TV that I, I know they were wrestling shows that uh, EC3 was heavily involved with and or promoted. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that I've heard reports that EC3 footed the bill for Adam Schur to be on Final Battle as well because we all know ROH wasn't paying his booking fee. Can you answer me this question? Possible. Um, what narrative is he trying to control? What is the narrative about EC3 that he disagrees with like Poppy? And is now trying to take control over. Uh, the fact that he was used as enhancement talent in the WWE. Okay, so his next. Narr- to be fair, to be fair, mm. everywhere else that Ethan Carter III, Michael Hutter, Derek Bateman, whatever you want to call him, everywhere else he's gone, he's been a main event player. Right. So when he says control your narrative, he says don't let don't let yourself be used as a jobber. That's uh, that's his whole thing. Know your know your worth. It's pretty much your typical post anti WWE rhetoric that we see from a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. This 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 more was more interesting when Shane Douglas was doing it twenty years ago. How many My Little Pony gifs do you have over there? Jeez. That's the second one. I also have this one. So Loki. That's a reference to <laughs> that is a reference to when we get off topic and we have to get on topic again because some people up <laughs> oh, Harry went into the negative zone. Oh, hey, you're back. Um, we have to sometimes people don't know how to stay on topic and we have to get them back on topic. And so I'll play that one. I can do a real, few more of these if you want. Real quick before we move forward to the next yes. match. Um, Russ Tyler was in uh, NXT as uh, Taylor Rust, part of the Diamond Mine originally. Gotcha. All right. So this 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 was an eight man tag that lasted almost fifteen minutes. It was fine. It was the this was you know again another one of these. We got to break up the monotony of the I, show. So let's have so let's have a bunch of wrestlers go out there and try to kill each other. It was entertaining. Yeah. The main thing I remember from this match is Homicide dropping the one dude on his head with the cop killer. Yep. All right. Um, the Briscoe brothers defeated OGK of Matt Taven and Mike Bennett with Maria oh. Canellis. Original Generation Kingdom. Yes, sir. Um, and this was 15 minutes and 40 seconds for the world for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. Uh, the Briscoe Brothers ended up winning, but then they were attacked by FDR. And 
So what do you? Th- I have to ask. I mean, like I like the match. I thought this. I thought they told a really yeah, good let's match talk here. About, let's talk about the match first here because you remember how I talked about the uh, the package pile driver on the ladder. Yeah. yeah. The second moment that I thought somebody was an absolute dumbass was Jay Briscoe. I was gonna say, is this the pit where they killed Maria Canellas on the side of the ring? Um, no, that although uh, Bennett did spear her on the apron, yes, yeah, but I, I was more referring to the doomsday device on the floor, yeah, that looked rough. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do a backflip off a dude's shoulders and land on our stomach. <laughs> F that <laughs> look great on camera, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and it looks great in the hospital bill for the broken ribs afterwards, too. <laughs> well, they, they're the dummies that took decided to take that move. What do, what do you want from me? Not to uh, mention, how the hell was Taven supposed to control his landing, too? He this, has to do a suicide dive and stick his arm out for the clothesline. How's he supposed to break his fall? I'm surprised Taven didn't jack himself up. This was the best match of the night for me. This I was, agree. This was if the, if the, if this, the night had ended with this match. Um, I think it would have been a nice see, little really, to this era of Ring of Honor. See, I really enjoy technical wrestling, so I did also really enjoy Lethal and Gresham as well, which we'll get mm-hmm. to next. But yeah, either one of these matches, you could have flipped a coin, and either one of these two could have main event, and I'd have been okay with it. I get the reasoning why they closed with uh, mm-hmm. why they closed with Gresham and Lethal, so that way you could have the wrestlers surrounding the ring yeah. and the big marquee celebration moment for Gresham at the end. Spoiler alert! Oops, but um. <laughs> So what do you think? Uh, so the Briscoes are headed to AEW. We already know that. At least temporarily. Um, what do you think happens with the OGK? I mean, I think they have a nice look to them. I know, I, look, and, and I and not to get off on A, a tangent, B, bring up something really, really sad, but um, one of my lasting memories, lasting recent memories of the late Larry Zonka, 401 Mania, was being called out by him for being a Matt Taven fan. And I was a Matt Taven fan mostly because of the reason I'm a fan about just about anything. Everybody else hates them. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna eat a sandwich. Uh, <laughs> I I thought Matt Taven at the... Certain, <laughs> certain expletive deleted from that sentence. <laughs> um, I am. I saw him at the, uh, the weekend of WrestleMania. We went to the Ring of Honor uh, New Japan show. Okay. In uh, Madison Square Garden. Where, I was gonna where, say the G1 Supercard. Yeah, where Matt Taven won the ladder match for the title and the internet, you know, ripped its own head off and threw it across the room. And I laughed my butt off. I bought, I actually ran down and bought the Madison Square Taven t shirt after that because I'm a troll. Um, my point being that I, not having a lot of context and just kind of getting and uh, hearing people just hate Matt Taven until I have to be against I'm- him, I, 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 I adopted him. And Larry used to call me out for it. He was like, well, everyone in the world hates Matt Taven except Mark Rattledge. And that always used to give me great joy. Well, real quick, first of all, rest in peace, Larry. And if you can yes. donate to the GoFundMe for the family, please do so. Because Larry was was a god amongst men, god amongst men amongst the IWC. And his presence is still missed to this Larry day. Larry was to professional wrestling what I am to podcasting. You're giving yourself a lot of credit there, buddy. <laughs> I do a lot of podcasting. I believe me. I know how much wrestling Larry watched. The, yeah, to, to more than I watched, and that's more than people. any human being watched. I don't think it's legal to watch as much wrestling as he did. But anyways, so first of all, rest in peace, Larry. <laughs> he had time to have three kids, so he, you know, he did other stuff. And I and I used to follow his his barbecuing, but yeah, he he watched everything and wrote about it. God bless him. <sighs> I still use some of his old reviews as my resources for shows that I go back and watch to this day. Yep. 
I, so again, we miss you, Larry. Thank you for everything, sir. Rest easy. Um, I actually like the other half of the OGK. I am a huge fan of Mike Bennett. Yeah, That's Mike about- Bennett, who Mike Bennett, who flamed out in the WWE. But they, were much, an, they were much but, more interested in his wife than they were him. But he did get an action figure. I see that. <laughs> I, I collect the wrestling figures. What do you want from me? Um, don't you roll your eyes at me. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Oh, believe me. I'm surrounded by man babies who play with toys. I hear about it all the time. Have you seen Chris Bailey's tweets about me lately? <laughs> that I'm a bitter old man who never got to play with toys as a child. You will feel the pain and the joy of the man who was never a boy. Shout out Eddie Kingston. <laughs> Um, I, I've always been a fan of Mike Bennett's. I, I loved his, I loved his work as the miracle in impact wrestling, the miracle mm-hmm. Mike Bennett. I thought his original run in ring of honor was very underrated because of the fact that he did something in ring of honor that very few people actually ever did in ring of honor. He wanted to draw legitimate heel heat. So he intentionally sandbagged people in matches. Mm-hmm. Like he intentionally sandbagged his mat, some of his matches in order to get people to hate him. And too many people were concerned about the, oh, work rate, oh, star ratings, oh, Melchers. Bennett didn't care. Bennett right. wanted you to hate him. Right. And if he was going to, and if that, the old uh, Cactus Jack in ECW, mm-hmm. where you want garbage wrestling, well, too damn bad. I'm going to give you technical wrestling and you're going to like it. <laughs> um, Matt Taven to me seems like a Walmart variety version of MJF. Huh. Matt Taven is 36. Matt Taven is too old for the WWE. Uh, Matt Taven is a month younger than I am. Um, what do you think, though, I, I, of my assessment there that Matt Taven is sort of generic brand MJF? I think Taven isn't as good of a worker as MJF is. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I say that is because we've seen MJF hold his own against guys like Darby, against guys like Sammy, against all these I like how you're talking about like you know work rate and technical wrestling and the first thing you bring up is the skateboarder who throws himself off a 20 uh, for 12 foot diving oh. board into okay. an ordinary drinking glass observe okay let's let's take a real quick look at Darby here to go off topic for just a quick Ugh. second here let's go back to the most recent AEW pay-per-view full, full gear shall we when, when he showed up in the car and the car flipped over and he walked out of it Yes, that that's a vignette, <laughs> vignettes aside, let's talk about that Darby Allen MJF match. It was good. It was one of the that, best matches on the show. That match was fantastic. I I don't do yeah. quarter stars. So all I, MJF. I, to disagree. <laughs> all, all MJF. I'm not giving Darby Allen an ounce of credit. Horribly disagree with that. Darby and, Allen is good for throwing himself down a flight of stairs, and that's all. That match was four stars, and it was just as much Darby as it was MJF. If you say so. You're just a Darby hater. It's fine. I am a Darby hater. Him, him and him and Joel Silver can go you be and, midgets in another uh, in another in, in another company. John Silver. I don't care. I'm not saying his name. Apparently, right you would, apparently you and Cora Jade have that opinion of Darby <laughs> Allen in comment. Do you see that shit? That stuff. That was hysterical. Jesus. I, I was like, retweet, retweet, retweet. <laughs> you want to talk about ratioing somebody? Damn. Oh, that was, that made my day. <laughs> Damn. All, All right, right. Back back to the OGK real quick. Um yes. I don't know how she does it, but I am pretty sure Maria Canellis has a fountain of youth. Yeah, how did she get younger and prettier? I have absolutely no clue. What deal did she make with the to, devil? To to quote Santino Morella, there's a name you didn't think you'd hear on this podcast. Summon the gun. <laughs> Indeed. 
All right, let's uh, let's get this done here. We got one more match to go. John Gresham, another midget versus Jay Lethal. Somehow, how so, dare some, you? John Gresham versus Jay Jonathan. Lethal look like Shawn Michaels versus Kevin Nash by comparison. Okay, I, first of all, Jonathan Gresham. Whatever, Shorty McGee. Second of all, uh, okay, yeah, five foot seven. I'm not gonna sit here and say that he's the tallest he's dog in the five fight. one. Gresham is 5'7". I don't believe you. Google. People listening to this podcast, he's 5'4". Go I Googled it, you mother effer. I, I have it right here. Really? 5'4"? He's 5'4". He's he built it. every bit of 5'4". He's, he's he, built it 5'7". Anyway. I'm sure. Okay, but here's the thing, though. It's still real to that Harry Broadhurst. Five, that is 5'4 of a dude that would tie you up like a damn pretzel. I'm not. Why does everyone want to beat me up? Why does everyone want to kick my ass? As the country song goes, um, it's but, a great day to yes. whoop somebody's ass. That's correct. Um, look, I'm not suggesting I could take him in a fight. All I'm saying <laughs> is that he's short. Lethal's <laughs> not fat. exactly huge. And somehow look like Kevin Nash by comparison and, to him. I mean, in fairness, Lethal also uh, Lethal also has a bigger body mass type because of well, there's that whole rumor that Lethal was on the gas for a while. Well, no, I actually I the, judging them side by side, it looks like Gresham was actually whiter, bulkier, uh, yes, definitely than than Jay Lethal, who now is signed with AEW, so he landed on his feet well. Gresham's reportedly heading to AEW as well. Oh, good. He can he can battle uh, Larry Silver, uh, and they can have a uh, short man's fight. Are we Midget just going to keep? In, are we going to keep intentionally getting his name incorrect? I got his name right. It's, it's Salvatore Silver. Sincerely, you got that wrong. <laughs> and yes, I got that reference. It was appreciated. So I don't know if this is a friend of yours, but build it five seven by the same guy that was in the Undertaker was seven two, <laughs> and Yokozuna was six hundred pounds before he actually became that. Okay, big. Uh, Bravo, Riz Nation, Bravo. Uh, former former kickoff co-host Randy Isbell. Oh, hi, Randy. Good to, good to have you aboard here. We miss you over at uh, W two M. All right, so. Uh, as far as the match itself between Kevin Nash and Shawn Michaels, uh, <laughs> this was a... good friends, better enemies. That's right. Uh, this was a fine match. It wasn't my favorite compared to the Briscoes and um, see. OGK. I think it's going to come. I think it's going to come down to your preference in wrestling. Rather, no, than it absolutely comes down to preference, and I'm, I'm not. It, I'm not saying that. I think no. for for half the people who saw and, this, I'm sure they loved it. And that's what I was going to say. There, if your mm -hmm. preference is that hard hitting, uh, independent style that we've become accustomed to almost that young buck style, then you're going to prefer Briscoe's versus OGK. Mm -hmm. If your preference is the more traditional wrestlers, wrestlers, your Malenko's, your Benoit's, your Guerrero's, your, your Scorpio's back when he gave a damn, <laughs> um, then you're going to prefer aggression versus lethal. It's one of the cool things about the original inception of ROH was that it had something for everybody on its mm -hmm. shows. And I think final battle kind of held to that philosophy in a sense, in that there was a little bit of every style of wrestling on this show with the technical style of Gresham and lethal, as well as to an extent with the rope break rules and stuff of the pure title match between Woods and Johnson to the high flying indie riffic spot fest of the Briscoes versus the OGK to the absolute brawl between in the fight without honor between Kenny King and Shane Taylor. Uh, Randy Isbell uh, applying for a spot on our WrestleMania 
29 show. 19. Nine, whatever. Um, oh, that my, one, yeah. My guess is that's because he was probably at that WrestleMania. He lives in that area. Yeah, uh, I think Stuart, um, another for, an X411 writer, Coppola? wants to be on the next one. No, uh, Stuart Lang. Stuart, okay. Stuart Stewartson. Um, God, I'm so bad with names these Rob days. Stewart? No, <laughs> Joel Silver. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we've, we haven't had a lot of guests on for these Mania WrestleMania shows, but uh, certainly, well, we can talk about that. That's not a problem. Anyway, point being, as a final bow for what seemed, what, what, 20 years of Ring of Honor at this point? And that's one thing we didn't February, talk about. February 21st, 2002. So that's something we didn't talk about was they had all of these people that come on and, and gave um, little testimonials about Ring of Honor, which was nice. I, I thought it was a very well-produced show. In general, um, if this, I don't know how much this well, would have stood out if that, it wasn't going to be the final show you know, before the, before the rebirth in April. But I thought it was a cer certainly an entertaining show. You, um, no, there was nothing on this that, you know, it's funny. It was called Ring of Honor, but it felt ki almost kind of like a more well put together impact show. You know, it, go ahead. Two, two parts to that. One, you mentioned the production. Well, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. They're owned by a television company. Sure. With Sinclair Bo Broadcasting Group, like we've talked about before. Um, two, in terms of the, the way that the show came off, in terms of, uh, like an impact show or a uh, almost like an AEW light show. It makes sense yeah. given the influences that were there. Yeah. Guys like Tony Khan getting involved, guys like Scott D'Amore getting involved, guys like um what's his name from GC Brett Waterdale getting involved and offering any way that they could assist in order to help make sure that ROH was able to put on a memorable show for their finale. I thought from one segment to the next the show the show actually flowed very smoothly. The only time I thought it kind of died was during EC3's Absolutely. promo where I was like this this was this was timed very poorly. Well, um, the, the show the show just sort of dies at that point and has to get picked back up again. But you know, one one small trip, I'm not going to condemn the entire show. Yeah, between the two shows, I think I actually liked Final Battle a little bit more. I gave it a seven and a half. Mm -hmm. um, the Braun Strowman thing was a dead spot for me. I can't yeah. stand the guy. Haven't been able to stand the guy for years. His comments about independent wrestling make this even more tone deaf than they would have been otherwise. <laughs> Yeah, really. It's like, hey, you know, control your narrative and all this. Like, isn't this the guy that said, you know, that five minutes that if before you, he was cut? That <laughs> if you can't afford to survive on wrestling alone, that you shouldn't be wrestling. Yeah, yeah. go ahead and charge that five grand booking fee again, buddy. You. Yeah, says, says the guy working for the WWE. All right, so that's our December show, Fet Forever and Final Battle. Uh, January, we are going to do a slightly different take on this format. Uh, we're going to do the world on GCW live from the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City and ICW No Holds Barred Volume 21. So we're going to look at two uh, two deathmatch type shows. Um, well, GC GCW is kind of like original ECW in that there's a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I was going to say they're a little less deathmatchy and a little bit more ECW. I see. ICW was more of a blood and guts deathmatch promotion. I think we're going to play a game. Every time somebody gets hit with a light tube, we're going to take a shot and see which one of us dies first. Uh, you do know <laughs> I'm straight edge, right? I do now. Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> uh, more of a joke about light tubes, but okay. Anyway, so that's going to take place on uh, January 30th. Uh, the night before, 
myself and the Posman will be live streaming the entire Royal Rumble event. You've heard us do boxing. You've heard us do uh, the last Clutch real, concert. Now we're doing the Royal Rumble. Real, real quick, I have to ask. Mm-hmm. I know you guys did. I know you guys did the alternative comedy. It's a alternative commentary. It's available in the archive for the Rallogen Broadcasting Network and on w2mnet.com and all of the other fine places that you can listen to these broadcasts. Mm-hmm. Yes or no, did Woodley take a dive? No, he did not take a dive. He got he got hit square in the button. No, no, I, I saw the punch, and it looked like it connected flush. Mm-hmm. But there are those that are claiming that if you look at the video and you see the twitch from Paul, it's to let Woodley know it's coming. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna speak to that. Posit that to Robert Winfrey at Winfrey MMA on Twitter and see what he writes back to you. I, I sense that I might get an earful from Robert Winfrey <laughs> over that. From Robert Winfrey, an earful? No. And then again, you guys. Then again, you guys kept saying butterbean instead of better beef. So you know, what do I know? <laughs> I'm not good with names, <laughs> but I am good with music. I don't know if you know this or not, Harry Broadhurst of the kickoff. Which, by the, which, real quick, like, are you ever going to do another kickoff again, or what? We're coming back for the postseason. We've already discussed it. Um, one of the members of the kickoff is going through some some personal issues right now. We're giving them time to take care of things. I won't say who, but Thanks. we are giving them time to take care of things. So we will right. be re- we will be returning for the NFL postseason. Okay. Well, uh, what I was getting to was we are giving away a free 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service. Uh, the link is getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. To stream free for 30 days, fill out the information. If you click the link, you can enjoy all the music you like. All the music that you hear on the Metal Hammer of Doom, like Volbeat and Lordy and Poppy. It's all there for you and so much more. Uh, and then at the end of that 30 days, if you like it, you keep it. You don't you uh, you can cancel no fuss no must no contracts no pains in the butt very easy everyone who tries Amazon like Elizabeth Faust of the triple feature where we looked at three musicals she uses it for realsies we once had we once had a toddler dance party in her kitchen the kids were dancing on the uh, on the kitchen um, on the kitchen counter and we were DJing with Amazon Music and you can too and not cost you a dime uh, get amazonmusic.com slash w2m network. All right, that's my plug there. What were you gonna say? Uh, two part, two parts to that. There, one. Now you have Volbeat stuck in my head. Thank you for that. I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Two. Do you think Amazon Music believes in Joe Hendry? I do believe it. I do believe they believe in Joe Hendry because really, why wouldn't you? And I al- believe in Joe Hendry. I'm almost certain the ROH music is on Amazon Music. So if you want to, you could listen to "I Believe in Joe Hendry." And then you too can believe in Joe Henry. All right, that's it. Um, hey, I've been handed a message that you can now rate and review on Spotify. So if you're listening to us on Spotify, please do so. Apple Music, same thing. If you're checking us out on YouTube and you're not subscribed to us, please hit that subscribe button. We are trying to get recognized and accepted on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I, for a decade now, seemingly have attacked people on Rotten Tomatoes for their terrible reviews, and I feel the need to uh, to be there for them to see what I can do. And you know, I, uh, I, 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 I don't want to just snipe at people from afar. I want to be right there in the mix. That's my whole goal for getting on Rotten Tomatoes is to put my money where my mouth is. 
So the only way to get there, though, is to meet the criteria. And the only way to meet the criteria is to have enough subscriptions through YouTube or enough reviews on Apple Music. So help us out and do one of those. Um, if you would like to see other reviewers kick my ass, because why does everyone want to kick my ass, Brody, Harry Broadhurst? That song, by the way, you have, on Amazon Music. You you have a uh, you have an eminently ass kickable personality. I know. Speaking of kicking <laughs> someone's ass, go ahead and do your plugs. So we can get out of here. All right. Uh, so you guys can see on the video version there, but for those of you audio only, it's at ATB the Eagle. Pretty much everywhere social media related: uh, Facebook, YouTube, email. Although hate mail does go to s.garmer at gmail.com. We have long established that on any podcast I have on. Can I tell you how I picked that up and I've run with it? it's fine everybody infringes my gimmick it's cool Mm. um in addition uh twitter as well you can find me at atb the eagle feel free to shoot me a friend request on facebook and talk wrestling especially independent wrestling if you're listening to this particular podcast because i'm always looking for people to talk independent wrestling with and i have a long archive of shows that i've watched that i'm more than happy to recommend if people are looking for ways to get into independent professional wrestling as well all right Thanks for joining us here on TV Party tonight. Make sure you check out our next show uh, where we're looking at GCW The World 2022 and No Holds Barred Volume 21. Until then, he's Harry. I'm Mark. Be well, be safe, and behave.